G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lake Dog and I'm joined by Patch. How are you? Oh, Lake Dog, I'm brilliant. I'm very, very good because we get to spend some alone time together for a little while for the first time. We do. It's you been know? a while since we've got to... Uh, it's Valentine's Day it's, or it's Valentine's Day weekend. We've spent... We get alone in the mountains, just canoodling, and we decided we'd record a podcast on Port Adelaide and Hawthorne, and then at halftime, I'll sub you out for the other love of my life, Damon. We'll talk about uh, the dogs and the swans. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited. Who have we got? We are doing Hawthorne and Port Adelaide. We're going to start with them before we get on to next week. We've had to cram in four teams this week, because next week, we've got... The Marsh series happening. We will have football to report on from a super coach perspective. We've had intra clubs this week, uh, and oh, one oh which boy. was particularly interesting to today. So we'll start with Port Adelaide. I reckon, Patch, before we go into the locks and etc., and I'll let you run the show from there. Um, I'm just going to read out a couple of tweets about uh, about the Port Adelaide intra club and some stuff that Michael Voss has said. Mm, you, you, the Intra clubs are just the best things, aren't they? They're just like your wildest possibilities, just running with gay abandon through the fields. Oh my word! Oh my, Tex Walker's on a wing. Um, oh, just, yes. <laughs> just yes, some interesting. In. <laughs> absolutely lock him in. Uh, just some interesting news that Matt Turner from the Phantoms Lair podcast tweeted out. He's they spoke to Michael Voss today, um, and he said that because Ellie Wines is injured, Joe Atley, Willem Drew. And Sam Mays will be fighting for a uh, a spot in that round one team in the midfield. And I'll just say this a little quietly: Willem Drew. He doesn't light up all of the beast calculator lights, but he does does tick a few boxes. He's one I'm interested to watch. Um, and then I think throughout the podcast patch, we'll talk about what happened at the intra club for Port Adelaide last night. But we can do that as we go. Do you want to take it away, my friend? I can do that. We will start with the locks. It'll be Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Um, there's been one very, very big lock from the entire Supercoach Twitter community that comments on the website. A lot of people are just saying Daniel Houston is set ready to just tear a new one this year. Lech dog, Daniel Houston, is he a lock? $484,000 defensive mid, uh, speculated to be playing exclusively in the mid in the midfield. Seemed to have done that in the intra-club. Is he a lock? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not as sold as everyone else, but oh, yeah, he's a lock. He's defender playing midfield time, less than 500k. You once famously said you would never select a defender over 500k. The is, times, they are a-changing. Bob Dylan saying that. He did. Yep, yeah, Ken Hinckley, quote, called him a lock in the Port Adelaide midfield. Um, well, I, I, Hinckley also said they're going to be playing for a premiership this year, so I wouldn't really trust one of the worst coaches in the AFL. I mean, look, who am I to argue with the infallible logic of drop, dropping Scott Lysette because, question mark? Question <laughs> mark was year? mean to me. He was mean to him, so he got dropped for two weeks and was in and out of the team, ruining so many Supercoach seasons and plans. And, oh, let's not even go there. I'm already getting worked up. We're not even at Hawthorne <laughs> yet. Um, Dan Houston, I reckon he's a lot. When he played midfield last year, I, for some reason, have closed the tab that had what he averaged while he was in the midfield, but it was very good. It was 95, 100-odd. Um, if yeah, he gets look. in there at, at that price... I can't say no. And at the moment, controversially, he's in ahead of Sam Doherty. Don't love, don't love that. Probably makes sense, though. He was reportedly the best midfielder on in last night's intra-club. Literally almost meaningless, but it happened. Um, in 21.6% of teams, one of the bigger risks might be not selecting him, because if it works, it's good. I just think there's a lot of value in the def- in the defense, and he is going to provide that value. But I don't think so. Uh, other people, I think we can move on to the next lock. I have written down patch. And Who have you got, Lake Dog. Well, look, this is not he. Uh, 
it's not a lock because I think Max Gorn is going to be fine and play preseason games and be healthy. But if that were to not eventuate, this is your man, Scott Lysette, as a lock. Asterix, if anything happens to Grundy or Gorn. Yes, I think that's a fair asterisk to have because there's no world in which you select Scott Lysette as, as good as an option he is, as he is over either of either of those two. No, you don't select him over them, but you select him in place of them if is required. Uh, we've spoken about him before last year when uh, he was the number one ruck. Obviously, he was very good. Um, pumped out a 129 in the final game of the season prior, after being dropped for, as we discussed, literally no reason. Uh, post by 111, 180, 165, 109, 86, 85, 111, 129. Uh, he's good. He's a very good ruckman. And with Paddy Ryder out of that team, he will be a service, another serviceable and solid ruckman, probably the third or fourth ranked for the year. Um, if, of course... This is only if Gorn and Grundy aren't there. He'd be someone you consider. Yeah, I, I don't even think it would be a consideration. I would lock him straight in. I, as much as I love Riley O'Brien, you look at Lysette's numbers, he had four scores under 100 for last year. That was it. And his ceiling, he had three games of 160 or more. Four, rather. He had a 180 as well against Geelong. Um, so he absolutely knows how to beat up teams without Ruckman. Yes, Scott Lysette, if the other two don't, don't come up. It's, it's a no-brainer for mine. Interestingly, uh, I'm just going to throw a couple of names out there just to note them. Apparently, Tom Rockcliffe at 495k was everywhere last night. We're not going to get burnt by him again. Justin Westhoff has once again made the move back to seemingly centre-half back and was prolific in his intercept perception, uh, possessions. Once again, not someone I would be starting at 435k in the forward line, although the forward line is very weak this year. The two names I want to ask you about, are they still considered locks? Uh, Robbie Gray, currently my F1. We don't need to talk about that. 453k. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just back back this up just very quickly. Yeah, I was just saying what it would look like if I didn't get uh, Dusty or... Or Whitfield into our team, or Walters. How, how did it look, Lake Dog? Well, I tell you, when you go him into like a Jordan Dawson into like another four. Actually, no, Jordan Dawson wasn't even in. If you, I just went super cheap. I went him, Devin Smith, and I had a look. And geez, gives you a lot of money to play with. You can go real deep in the back line. You can go real deep in the mid in the midfield. I'm just saying, it looked all right. Um, is he still a lock? He had a down year in 2019 by his standards, but had health issues. I think he had testicle, testicular cancer at the start of 2019 in the preseason. Um, still played uh, 20, uh, 19 games um, for an average of 83.4. The last two games were pretty rough, but he still pumped out a period of like belting out 100s. Is he someone in a year where the forward line is a terrible you could consider as a lock? Um, not as a lock. He's an option, uh, one to watch during the preseason. Um, you know, especially if Wines is out, he might get more midfield minutes, perhaps. You'd look at him at, at F3. Um, wouldn't look at him as F1, just quietly. <laughs> And the other name I had to throw at you is in bloody no teams, in half a percent of teams, was one of the, probably, I don't know what his overall ownership was by the end of last year, averaged 107, was the 22nd ranked player, Travis Boak. Uh, hasn't been spoken about at all. Obviously, he's moved into mid only, 580k. Is he someone that we could consider selecting at all? Or because he's not a forward anymore, top 22 is not good enough? Um, top 22 isn't good enough. Um, I'd don't see any reason why he would sort of have a, a breakout year. I haven't looked incredibly closely at him like literally everyone else, but no, it, he would be someone I would upgrade to um, if he if he explodes. I'm not going to risk starting him for mine. Neither of those two are locks. Um, more keen on Robbie Gray, um, Marsh, JLT, Nab, what are we calling it this year? Pending? Um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um Obviously, both of them are good players. We'll find out. Um, do you want to move on to breakouts? I do. Wonderful. Breakouts it is. You know you make me break out. 
Um, breakouts. Um, you mentioned two names that I had down on my list as potential breakout options, which has kind of ruined the atmosphere oh. of springing <laughs> them on you. Tom oh, Rockcliffe. sorry. Tom Rockcliffe was someone I had down as a breakout option with about 12 question marks next to his name. Like, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do it to me. <laughs> we all know, look, if we were playing another format of the game, he was, of course, someone we'd have to consider. But Come on, man. He's he's hurt us before. Contested possessions, tackling, vacant hole in the Port Adelaide midfield, which needs someone to stand up in it. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to pick him. I, I won't pick him. He could score 300 in each game in the Marsh series, and I still wouldn't pick him. But He probably will score 300 in the Marsh series. <laughs> but I kind of want to pick him. No, look, look. He, we know he's still got a high ceiling, but the ass has fallen out of him, man. Like his his floor is so low now, um, and the difference between the two pumped out. You know, several. Oh, let's look at his scores: a fifty-seven, a fifty-eight, and a thirty-six were his three lowest scores last year. But he still managed to pump out like a one forty and a one thirty-eight. I'm not, I'm not riding that roller coaster, baby. I mean, you make a valid point, but I, I wanted to bring him up as a, as a. He's there. Maybe he'll. Bree break out. He once averaged 132 in a supercoach season across 20 games or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I I want to pick him. I want him back. I want the good old days back of Tom Rockcliffe scoring 180 each week. They will never come. It's time to move on. It's time to move on to Jack McRae. Um, Westhoff. You mentioned Westhoff back at centre. You mentioned Westhoff at centre half back. 430k in the forward line as an option. The forward line, as you've mentioned, is junk. Forward mid-eligible. I will be watching him very closely in the Marsh series. I'll be watching him, for sure. It's just a matter of he's 87 years old and um, gets thrown around. Like His magnet is probably the most moved-around magnet in the league. Um, he can be anywhere from back-up ruck to running through the midfield to centre-back to full forward, so... I, I don't think he'll be full forward this year. They've got enough young kids they want to blood up there. They've got Charlie Dixon still somehow reanimated despite being 87 when he died and then has been reanimated for another 160. I don't think he pl- I don't think he plays forward and if he plays up the ground he will score. If he plays as a backup ruck for Lysette, Lysette will do 85% of the ruck work. If he still gets 15% in the middle running off the back line, I mm, Mm. The only question mark I have, and it's a big question mark, is this is a man who's only averaged over 100 once, and that was in 2018. He's never done it again in a in a Supercoach regular season anyway. Finals might have pushed him over in a, in a couple of years, um, around 2014. But, uh, yeah, he's just never really... You picked him... You've got a soft spot for him, Patch, because you did pick him in the year where he did score 100 and you loved him and you talked about it constantly. Other than that, I don't see him do... I just don't see any reason why he would do it again. I don't know. I'm. I, if he's running around... We'll wait and see. We won't know the answer to the Marsh series. The other breakout option everyone has been talking... Oh, a lot of people have been talking about is Connor Rosie. Rosie? Rose? Uh, I, I, I think it's Rosie. Rosie. Yep. Rosa, Come Rosa, Rosa. Is Rosa going to break out? Uh, well, we read it through the beast calculator. Um, he he's probably too much of a forward to for that system to work. Well above in terms of goals and time on ground. The rest of his stats didn't translate, but he's a different beast because he was, of course, a forward and not a midfielder. Uh, there's every chance he's a very talented player. There's very there's every chance that he could average uh, 90 in 2020. But to me, it's not a gamble I'm going to take, particularly with second-year Blues, particularly with a year of data into other teams' analysis of him where they can probably prepare a little bit better. Uh, do you think, Patch, though, that natural progression will uh, uh, succeed? Um, he'll improve this year, no doubt. I don't think he will improve to the point where we want to pick him in our supercoach sides. He's, um, you know, obviously played as a forward last year, as you mentioned, and had games, you know, had a, a run of games where he scored four fifties in a row and then a 60 and a 44 either side of that. I think that inconsistency will 
you know, it, it will it, it will stay there. He's not going to raise his floor this year. He might raise his ceiling, might have games where he scores 130. And if you play, you know, those short-form draft style, style formats, absolutely look at him. But he'll cost you league games. I don't think he'll be consistent. I'm not willing to ride that roller coaster at this stage. My dream, he'd be my dream player if Supercoach ever goes to a model where effectively you can't find midfielders in the forward line, where you'd have to basically select forwards, similar to where in a league together patch where you have to select key forwards. Um, in, a, in, a, in a league where, in a system where midfielders couldn't be selected in the forward line, uh, he'd be one of my first picked. But as it stands, that's not how the system works. I got a couple more breakouts from this team. There's so many question marks over Port Adelaide because of the players that left and um, just they've got a lot of young talent that are peaking. They're such an exciting super coach team just to look at and just say all of these players could do something or so many of them could do something. We don't need to spend a lot of time on these guys, but Darcy Byrne-Jones, who's going to play off halfback probably in the role where Dan Houston played last year or filling a similar void. Um, I think he's a really talented player. He's probably one of my, probably my favorite Port Adelaide player, Darcy Byrne-Jones. I think he's just as likely to break out as Houston, although obviously Houston's getting that midfield time. But I think he's going to be someone who at 473k uh, will end up being sort of a 510k player at some stage this year and will be in a lot more teams than he's currently in, which is point. Uh, 7%. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I think after his buy, he'll be a very, very popular buy in a, a, buy in, <laughs> get it? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I think people will have time to see how it goes. Um, and then obviously he'll, he'll be able to play through all three other buy rounds during the year is sort of how I'm looking at it. And then if he doesn't come off, then we, we look at someone else. Um, but yeah, I, I really like him as well as a super coach prospect. Anyone else on that list of potential breakouts? Look, yeah, I've got one more name. Well, I've actually got... Well, I've got two names. One is a hopeful name because I've got him in a draft league. Jared Leinart, who never really gets a clear run at. has had injury, has had form issues, but when he has played, has averaged quite highly. He's another one of those sort of defenders. Maybe um, Houston moving to the midfield opens up for him. But the one that I'm interested in... It's not a breakout because he's been playing for years. Um is uh, Brad Ebert at 415k as a forward line option. Uh, We know he's had a lot of concussion issues. The word is he's over that. Uh, And last year when he was healthy, he um, started the year with a 99, 106, 70, 130, 97, 98. 37 was when he got one of his first injuries, missed a bunch of games and never really got back on the park properly after that. If he comes out and averages, you know, 90-plus in the Marsh series and looks healthy, 415k, I think he's going to run through them. I think he's going to play as a midfielder rather than a forward. I think he's a good selection. Yeah, I, I think that's um, certainly not too far off the mark, especially at that price as well. Um, certainly one to keep an eye on, one to keep a watch on. He was, he was actually uh, F2 behind Robbie Gray in my, in my current build. So... <clears throat> let's move on. Let's move on. Um, rookies. The, the, one of the best things about Port Adelaide is that they just, um, they play so many rookies. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card. They, they had heaps last year. They had Dersma last year. They had um, those other players last year, uh, Butters and... I'm Willem Drew was a rookie price player who played a lot. They had good players. They have good footballers, and they just keep blooding them. And we might get some more this year. Um, apparently, Mitchell Georgiades, a young key position player out of Subiaco, um, did very, very good work um, from centre-half forward during the Inter-Club. One to watch there. They've got a vacant role that could be filled by a young key forward. It could be him or Wiley Buzzer at just more expensive at $142,000. One of them could get a run on a bench. Um, you're pretty keen on, on Jackson Mead, Lake Dog. Yeah, I am. Unfortunately, he is injured currently, so unlikely to line up in round one, but I think he'll be a, a downgrade option, hopefully in the first sort of quarter of the year or first uh, half of the year, but I think he's probably the rookie player I'm most interested in from Port. 
Um, currently in 18% of teams, but yeah, unlikely to play. There's a few other options that might get a look in. Uh, our scout down in the south, Baron Von Crow, has been looking at sort of uh, Boyd Woodcock as a potential, potential 100k player to play. Uh, Wiley Buzzer, obviously they bought him over from Geelong or picked him up after Geelong, let him go. Don't think he's going to be super coach relevant, but 142k. There's some interesting names to be looked at, that's for sure. And, oh, we we nearly forgot um, new faces, but there are no new faces at Port Adelaide, so that means we don't have to play that awful size thing you keep forcing us to play. One of the greatest songs to have ever been laid down, but let's play it anyway and have a listen. But, oh, that reminds me. Shout out to Telebeats for the wonderful music. Yeah, well, that's actually music, and and what you just played there isn't. That's awful, and please make it stop. Speaking of awful, because there are no new faces at Port Adelaide, uh, outside of Wiley Buzzer, we've already talked about him. Speaking of awful, my uh, dear friend, ex-friend, his name for those who want to know, I don't know if he wants to be, he probably does want to be named, like, oh, we'll name him, fucking, my mate Craig, ex-mate Craig, Patch, thinks, well, you might understand in a second, he thinks Mm. that um, this player is a great selection, a great breakout selection, someone we should be heavily considering in a defensive role this year. Jack Watts at $307,000. Do you have any thoughts on Jack Watts? What? <laughs> He's pretty what? confident he can average 85 I... plus. And, I say, and as I said to him, Jack Watts has been bad for a decade. Why would it change now? I just want to know. He wanted to know if you had any thoughts. So, Patch, do you have any thoughts about Jack Watts? Um... No, I think he's um, your mate Craig's been out swimming for a bit too much. Um, he does love swimming and um, tits. Yeah, yeah, Jack. Mm, mm, that's a yeah. I mean, I don't know Craig, um, so I don't really want to attack him on a personal level. But you need to reevaluate what you're doing with your life, Craig. Just get <laughs> it, get it together. What are you? Oh. Let's move on to Hawthorne. That's got me in the mood to really hate on something now, and I'm glad you brought up Hawthorne because we can just uh, we can unleash here. We can unleash on Hawthorne. Let's get the nice bit out of the way. Just have it have it looked at. All of the nice locks, the good people we want to, to look at from Hawthorne, um, and then we'll get then we'll really get going. Locks. It'll be smooth, Jimmy's luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. Warple. Yep. You named him. You said him. We've locked him in. We've locked him in. He will be the the community selection this year. We will live and die by the warp, just as we lived and died by McLean two years ago and Dunkley last year, although I died by Dunkley mostly. We will live and die by James Warple. If you haven't seen the Beast Calculator article on the website, it's currently up there. It's on the front page. It's the third article down currently. James Warple ticks all the boxes you want from a beast, a midfield beast. He ticks all the same boxes that people like Matt Crouch, Paddy Cripps, Clayton Oliver ticked before him. Yes, Tom Mitchell's coming back in. But Patch, as we say here at the podcast, good players don't steal points from good players. Good players steal points from, from bad players. Bad players. I was really trying to sync it up, but it didn't quite work. I'm well, sorry. there is a slight delay, so it's hard. <laughs> Um, no, we're together and we're cuddling, remember? Yes, there's no delay. Uh, yes, yes, quite, yes. yes. Sorry, it was just quite, the, the rustling yes. of the sheets. Sorry, that's, that's yes. all it was. Um, yeah, Warple, lock him in. Um, the Beast Calculator article will have all the other answers. And if you disparage the Beast Calculator article like Damo did, you get booted outside, which is why we're canoodling and Damo's sitting outside on a tree stump. <laughs> Anyone else from Hawthorne you think is a lock? Yeah, there are locks. James Sicily, 509k. They're not going to stuff around with him in the forward line this year. John O'Patton kicked three goals three in the intra-club the other day. Uh, James Sicily's going to play in defence. James Sicily's going to outscore his starting price. Um, despite being a flog, he will be a good selection. I don't know what he averages. Probably 100. Um, maybe a little bit higher. But he's certainly a solid option. He's got a huge ceiling on him too. Went 140 twice last year. So... Uh, in 20% of teams already. So if you're listening, you've probably got him. Any thoughts yeah. on the sick dog? Uh, yeah, there aren't too many reasons why you wouldn't start him. I would start him 
he's, he'd basically be my first pick in the back line at this stage. Um, just lock him in. Um, is Tom Mitchell a lock? People keep arguing about it, and I keep getting tagged in arguments about if Tom Mitchell is a lock or not. That's he's a great got, question. There have been clips of him on social media floating about of him touching footballs, running around and handballing footballs, being in sort of contests with footballs. The fact that Tom Mitchell is is collecting disposals, regardless of if they're at intra-club or training, is an exciting prospect because he will collect a squillion of them this year if he plays 22 games. Do you start That's him? the question. He had 21 disposals in the intra-club um, by our scouts report. 21 disposals in an intra-club of guy coming off a broken leg, priced at $630,000 in 14% of teams. Was one of the best we've seen in the business in 2018. He uh, was came second uh, in the rankings for an average of 130. He pumped out four scores below 100, but like eight scores above 150 or 140. He is a beast. But Patch, I pose the question to you. When he was the number one, you must have this guy in your team selection two years ago in 2018, he broke records to get there broke tackle records broke tested possession records he you name it he broke it and he was a value selection can a guy coming off a broken leg break those records again and justify his six hundred and thirty thousand dollar price tag i i mean he might he might but i i can't say that for certain i i don't know so i, I he's not in my team at the moment i think i've only toyed with him very briefly in that starting side I'm willing to to potentially give him a miss and upgrade to him if need be again we could know that could backfire because of how good he is but it's it is a risk and I wouldn't begrudge anyone for not taking that risk and not starting him I think that starting him will be a mistake but I think most people end with him in their side I think it's very likely he comes out round one two three goes bang 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 pumps out three 120 plus scores everyone thinks hooray yay we've done it he's back good to have you i just worry whether he tires down or not i I don't love players coming back off these sort of these sort of leg injuries i just want to know if he's going to get rested i want to know what he looks like after three games in the sit back in the system he started 2018 with 167 148 and 149 um if he does that again I will be tempted to sideways trade to him, but I think he is a, a post-buy acquisition for me. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, love to see more more arguments in the the comment section of the Jock Reynolds, or more more discussion rather in the other uh, comment section of the Jock Reynolds website. Jump on there if you haven't. The people in the in the in the community in the comments are just as smart as we are, and they're very good at, at breaking down a lot of these things. So shout out to all of them there. Any other locks from Hawthorne, do you think? No, I think we can move on to breakouts. You know you make me break out. Oh boy, here we go. We got some names. We've got some names. Okay. The right. first one, I, you're not going to love. Can I get mine, mine out of the way first? Yeah, okay, you get yours like, out. You get so yours I, out. I, I'm having a look at Jack Gumston. Again, one of those players that's not... In my side, it hasn't been in my side at this stage, but with um, John O'Patton in the forward line this year, I reckon Lewis Patton O'Brien could push him up the ground. High half forward wing role m- might, you know, in a, in a very inconsistent forward line with a lot of players like Connor Rosa, who are just going to score 40 one week and 90 the next. I reckon Gunston could average 90 with a, a Corey Enright like standard deviation. One to watch. All right, I'm just going to take a deep breath. All right, so word on the street is Chad Wingard's playing in the midfield. No! <laughs> no, 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 no. $412,000. No, 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 no. No, you will not You will not be leading us down this garden path. <laughs> available as a forward. I No, he could be available as a, as a 120k ruckman, and I wouldn't select him. No. Um, he, the scout report we received on him, he was eye-catching in the first half while running through the midfield. Um, because he eye-catching's was bad good. and bur- on fire and burning anyone he touched. 
it's hard to be eye catching without wearing sleeves as well, which he's not allowed to do anymore. Another reason not to select him. He could average ninety. He's averaged close to a hundred before. He's averaged ninety-eight in uh, twenty fifteen. He, look, he's up and down. Last year was a down. It's he, it's he the Luke Parker theory. Two, he could average two thousand six hundred forty mathematically. He could do anything. He will not. Mate, okay, look, all right, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up his stats because I've convinced you on players with this stat before. Ignore that it's Chad Wiggard. While I type here, I just need to bring mm. him up and read this to you. Just the name just makes me just twitch. It's Chad the Luke Wiggard. Parker yo-yo theory. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah, like my heart. 2012, 51. All right, okay, I'm going to go from 2012 up to today. Here's his averages. It's the yo-yo effect, the Luke Parker effect. 51, 99, 80, 98, 81, 93, 88. Kind of reverses here a bit. So that was a down, 75 down again. But now it's a yo-yo. It's a big yo-yo. It's 100 and plus by that logic. It's the yo-yo theory. Chad Wingard, midfield, lock him into your team. It's the yo-no theory. No, no, no. Move along. Next. We're gonna, you know, he lives. He now trains very close to my house. So if we want to, if we want to burn him, uh, we can. I'd, I'd be scared for yourself, really. If he, if if you see him, your eyes will never see again, really. Um, no, anyone who I mm, move on. Who's next on this list? I think. Uh, look, I don't think he's going to break out into super coach selection lockability, but I think Jago Mir is going to punch out a maybe a one hundred and five this year. I think him, Mitchell, and Warple are going to be the big three in that midfield with Wingard running through as well. Um, but I, mm. I don't think we need to really mm. talk about him. Um, I I think Jag will be a, an excellent footballer this year. Don't know if it translates to Supercoach if he's allowed to play, as as our good friend Rubers has mentioned on Twitter. Yeah, pl- we'll get the chance to play a lot more outside, which suits him this year. Generally, outside doesn't translate to Supercoach points, but we'll, we'll see. I feel really bad about for one player in this Hawthorne outfit, and uh, that man's Ricky Henderson, because yep. uh, he was picked up as a delisted free agent from... Uh, was it from Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide. Adelaide. Um, he'd never done anything. He'd always floated around the 70 to 80 range. Comes in in 2019, no titch. Pumps out a 95, was underpriced. 95 average for the year, bloody gun. Fantasy gun, even better in fantasy. Uh, and he's just going to drop off the face of a planet again. I feel so bad for you, Ricky Henderson. I know. I, I as an Essendon fan, I, I signed a contract in blood at age three um, to hate pretty much anything that comes out of Hawthorne. Ricky Henderson is so hard to hate. He's so hard to hate. Speaking of hating things, I think we need to move on to uh, New Face. I don't know why we hate New Face, but we do. The New Face that I don't like people talking about is John Patton. Yeah. Some people are talking about picking him. Crazy. That's crazy to me. Kicked three goals three last night. Looked very good in the... uh... No, I don't care. I, I do not care. Don't pick him, for the love of God. No, it's a bad selection. Um, the only other players they really brought over, they brought over Sam Frost. Obviously, he'll never be super coach selection. Patton, 330k, ruck forward in 6% of teams. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to work out for you guys. It's not, and girls, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, Michael Hartley came over. Again, not going to be super coach relevant. Won't be best 22. Love him to bits, but no. I was just reading through the names, and I was like, Michael Hartley? Does he play there? And it was like, the double sleeves. Of course. Love him. Great guy. Not going to be able to wear sleeves anymore, so what a waste of a what a waste of talent, really. Exactly. Um, the new face from uh, last year, but Tom Scully was apparently tore up the intra club as well. Don't do it. Don't even. No. I no, don't, I, no. No. Could be a good draft pick if you're sliding well down the draft order. Don't pick him. Um Let's do anyone rookies. else on that list? Yeah, let's let's do rookies because anyone else in either the breakout category or the new face category is just frustrating to look at, and I want to stop looking at the Hawthorne list ASAP. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card! Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card! 
Which is a very, like, inside baseball Simpsons joke, but, like, I don't think oh, people... I, I, I love this. I love that sting. It's a beautiful sting. We should have all of our stings be Simpsons references, like that Draft Doctors article that came out over the weekend, or during the week, that was just the off-season in Simpsons memes, and it was wonderful. Shout out to Draft Doctors for putting that up, because it made my day. Big old Lenny thumbs up on that front. Um, Finn McGuinness, rookie. Um... In my side, apparently doing very, very well. JPK clone, good footballer. Does he fit into that midfield? I don't know. If he does, I'll pick him. He's 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 good. Yeah, Thoughts? Hawthorne get a rap of not playing mid their rookies, but uh, they actually tend to churn out one or two a year. So I think uh, Finn McInnes is going to be a good selection. Is there anyone else we need to be looking at? Uh, Patcheru. Now, mate, Rube reckons Harry Jones could be in with a slight chance. Um, Will Golds was brought in by the club, um, as was Will Day during the draft. They could get a run. I don't know. No, no one else is jumping out at this stage, I think. We'll find out in a few weeks with some Marsh Series games. Um, but Finn McGuinness is the one to, to probably look at selecting if you haven't got him in the midfield at 117k. Well, Patch, that uh, that wraps up probably the Port Adelaide Hawthorne. Um, oh, I'm still you... angry about Chad Wingard. I'm so angry. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I'm getting a bit chilly here in the in the bedroom that we're in together, um, cuddling, and it's, you know, make of that what you will, community. Uh, Patch, can you go get some firewood from outside and send in uh, in demo because we need to do some pillow talk about. Sydney and the Bulldogs. And I need to chop up bits of wood and pretend they're Chad Wingard. Well, community, uh, we've just had a, a short little break here in the boudoir. We're going to be covering Western Bulldogs in Sydney now. And Damo, you've joined me while Patch is outside chopping some firewood for us. Going to keep us nice and warm while we're doing the podcast. Uh, Damo, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to get started. I'm so ready to do this. This is our final two teams community of our intensive look and all the clubs in the AFL. And if we missed your club, well, they weren't that important. Damo, uh, do you want to take off some, start off with some news for us? Um, it's weird that we're doing news in the middle of the podcast, but hey, that's how we do things here. Uh, well, it's been revealed that Lockie Whitfield has had an ankle reconstruction, the only major surgery for any GWS player. Uh, only joined main training sometime in January, not sure when. Um, so I guess he presents a risk as an interrupted preseason player, but also as a GWS player. Yep, is he in your side? Not anymore. Yeah, no, me neither, but everyone who's been listening to the podcast knows that I've got Robbie Gray at F1, so maybe I'm not the uh, opinion to be had, but yes... Injury, injury interrupted preseason means it's a no from me. But we've got a couple more injury updates, don't we, Damo? Uh, Nakaya Cockatoo, he's done his hamstring again. Not worth it, no matter how cheap he is. Shock, horror to everyone watching from abroad. Uh, yeah, so he's out. That gives us one or less forward rookie priced player to look at. And uh, Damo, tell me about Maxi, Big Maxi Gorn. Jordan Lewis telling the age that Max Gorn might not line up round one, but the Demons have said that he should play at least one practice game. So there's conflicting reports there. It's a really hard one for me, and we're going to, you know, if he plays practice games, whatever, that'll be fine. We can make a call there. But currently, uh, he's not in my side. Uh, injury interrupted preseason, don't like that. Question marks over him. Just doesn't feel great to me. We talked about Rucks, I think, last week, Damo. I've still got Riley O'Brien in at R2. Um, yeah, just really concerning. Are you going to be, at this stage, are you going into the season gornless? I have got Gorn in my team at the moment, but only because it's easy to move him down to someone later on when closer to round one, once we actually know. Uh, because if I bring someone else in and then he scores like 120 points in a half of a Marsh Series game, then I don't want to be rearranging my team to try and get him back in. Yeah, so a great tool for recording your team. You can jump on the website and we've got uh, 
Staddy Maddie's team selector up there. Build two teams, guys. Build two teams. One was gone, one without. Uh, I've currently only got the one team. I'll be, I'll be building my other team this week. We'll uh, we'll get a Gorn uh, via Gornless team. Damo, is there any other news? Are we ready to roll into uh, the Sydney Swans? Let's roll into the Swans. Bloody beautiful, and we're going to start as we always do with the locks. It'll be smooth, Jimmy's lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. I know there's a man. On your lips, Damo. He's in defence. Jake Lloyd, 591k. Let's talk about him. What do you think? Just hope just uh, John Longmire doesn't stick him on the wing like he did towards the back end of last season because there was about six weeks where he only scored between 84 and 88. Yeah, that, I don't love that. And they've got a lot of sort of defender-ish players in that team. Um I'm still backing him in. I don't have him in my current team at 591k, but he will be, if I don't start with him, one of my first to upgrade to. Um, We know he's a bloody gun, right? He's very good as long as he stays in defence. Who else do you have recorded as a lock, Damo? Luke Parker, 570k mid. Wowee, you didn't hear me. You were outside while I was ranting about the yo-yo seasons of, of... it doesn't matter, but Luke Parker copped a lot of abuse from me previously. Talk to me about him. You're big on him. 570k in the midfield. Is this the? Uh, does he go back to his high flying form of uh, previous years? Well, he's usually the top 20 point scorers for the year in Supercoach, but he hasn't had an amazing average for quite some time. So I don't know. Do you uh, do you make him upgrade target, or do you see it and see how he starts, or? Well, I'm a, I'm a big believer of just get the guys who are going to get the total points in. The thing with uh, Luke Parker, you are going to get him cheaper later on. That's a fact. He will dip. I mean, unless something miraculous happens, he will dip to the sort of mid-520 to 530 mark pretty quickly, I'd imagine. I'm just going through his stats. As you've said, Damo, 2016, 2016 he was 6th. 2017, he was 26th. 2018, he was 25th, and 2019, he was 16th. So, while he doesn't get talked about a lot, you are right, he racks up those total points. And at the end of the day, if you're playing for rank, that's the important thing. I, I like him as a pod. I think he's I think he's a very good option. I hadn't really thought about him prior to you bringing him up, but he is um, he's a very interesting little prospect. I'm just trying to see his ownership. He's not even in 1% of teams, it looks like. He's in 0.5% of teams as we speak. That's crazy. It's crazy. Damo, I see here Isaac Heaney's on your list, 510k forward midfielder. Um, talk to me about him. We know he's had uh, uh, some injuries this preseason. It's just a thumb injury, so he hasn't been hampered in the way of his preparation, only more to do with ball, like using the ball sort of skills work. And so I don't think he will be that... So I don't think the interruption will will have affected him that much. Um, he will be a good pickup as a forward, but as soon as he loses forward eligibility, I don't think we'll see him in many teams because he is so unpredictable with how he plays and where he plays and what scores he gets. He's And it's not even one position that he has to play to score well. It's just... I think he needs a couple of goals a game to boost that score up. and But he's always in like the top six to eight forwards each year that he is a forward. So I think he's a good option. Yeah, so last two years, he's been a top 51 player for Supercoach. Averaged 97.5 in 2018, 94 last year. Last year had a lot of ankle issues. Never really was fully fit if those ankle injuries are gone. Quite a few people will have jumped off him uh, with that preseason injury on the hand. Uh, one that I'll definitely jump on early for sure. Um, I don't think I'm going to start him though. Is there anyone else you've got considered as a lock, Damo? No, I think those are the three that are really the only lockable swans at the moment. So I just want to talk very quickly just to... I'm just wondering how you see Josh Kennedy in 2020. He's older, but we know he's a super coach stud. 
was 50th overall last year with an average of 107, 34th the year before with an average of uh, what appears to be 97. So I don't know how that works, but as we said before, averages don't always equal total points. Um, is it is the time passed? Is it now that the year of Luke Parker? Is Josh Kennedy not someone we can consider anymore? There will be someone who takes the reins this year off him. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be Heaney. It could be Parker. It could be someone who we're not even talking about. Yeah, there's the, uh, Sydney remind me a lot of Port Adelaide. Patch and I just spoke about Port Adelaide. They've got a lot of those like 400 to 500k players. Who you're just not sure which ones are going to be the ones that jump out. has to be some of them. Um, and I think you're right, Damo. I don't know who it is yet, but I think someone has to step it up, and maybe JPK takes a slight, slight step back. Um, I don't think it's going to be Heaney, though. I don't think he's going to be in the midfield um, too much. You know, is it going to be a Nick Blakely? I mean, let's just get into breakouts, shall we? All right, Damo, Breakouts, we're just talking about players who might be able to step it up this year. I see you've got uh, one name on your list. Talk to me about Oliver Florent, or Florent, 373k midfielder. I hate that he doesn't have forward eligibility this this year, because I think he would have been picked in my forward line without even a second thought. Uh, he finished the year with an 82, 102, 106, and a 70 for an average of 90 over the last four rounds. Um, has sprinkled scores of 92, 127, some high 80 scores throughout last year. Doesn't have forward status this year, though, so I don't think he's going to get looked by anyone, but I reckon if he was a forward still, he'd be a very popular pick. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, Fantasy Freako, the great man, has tweeted about him a few times this preseason. One to watch. Uh, yeah, one to watch. I've I've got a couple of breakout players. Um, one's not going to be a huge surprise to everyone. We've talked about him before. I've even wrote a bloody article on him um, in the paper. Well, not the paper, the online paper. <laughs> Jordan Dawson, for me, defensive forward, 467k. I think he shows quite a lot of signs of of breaking out. He finished last year with some decent scores, 105, 93, 93, 77, and 114. Um, pri- primarily, you think he's going to play off that sort of half-backy area, but the big question mark over him is uh, what will Longmire, the horse, do? Will he throw him forward and for two weeks and stuff us all with scores of 40? That's the big question mark and I really need to see him in the preseason I need to be really convinced by his role any thoughts on Jordan Dawson I'm going to make a big call here if Jordan Dawson plays in defense Jake Lloyd will play on the wing if Jordan Dawson plays on the wing Jake Lloyd will play in defense we want Jake Lloyd playing in defense we want that to happen that's it but if Jordan Dawson plays on the wing then he's then he's no good to anyone. What about, speaking of perennial breakouts, is this the year, is Callum Mills finally going to do it? Is he going to get those midfield minutes he's been promised for the last four years? Or is it not even worth talking about Callum Mills? Well, it's been Lloyd and Mills down back. I know I just said, I'm going to make a big call that it's going to be Lloyd or Dawson that plays defence. But what if it's Lloyd and Dawson and Mills plays midfield? That's also an option, I guess. Something I didn't think about until just like two seconds ago. But, you know, we work on the rung here. That's how we roll. Is there anyone else, Damo, from this club of red and white that is intriguing to you at all? I, I haven't looked into him. George Hewitt? <laughs> I've got his tab open to right now, Damo. Thank you for bringing him up. I agree. Um, haven't looked into him heaps either, but ended up with an 88 average last year um was in the top 70 super coach players didn't end the year on fire but one one to watch speaking of watches watches have faces and this is the segment new faces yes, I want some new face. uh 
you, you, sh- you could tell us who's in the new face. That was just a great segue. Uh, it's going to be a short-lived segment, Lek, because Caden Brand and Lewis Taylor aren't really super coach relevant. No, they're not. But you're forgetting one man, Sam Gray, who's also not super coach relevant. Oh, they did pick him up too, didn't they? Yeah. It sort of went under the radar, that one. I think he's going to be a half-decent little pick for them. I think um, I think Lewis Taylor won't be happy that they got Sam Gray, but anyway. I think they picked up Lewis... T- I think they picked up Lewis Taylor because they didn't think they'd get Sam Gray. Yeah, I yeah I get that feeling as well. I think we can move on finally to rookies for the Swans. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card! Damo, the one that's in everyone's team. Will Gould, 117k defender. Talk to me about him. I think he could be an amazing on-field rookie or he could be one of those slow-burn rookies that you'd have to let lose a few dot dollars and gain if, to gain a few dollars throughout the season before you finally offload him at the buy because his style of play means his scoring could be unpredictable. Um, he he would love to be the one taking all those kickouts though and he's almost a Shannon Hearn type player. I like that. Shannon Hearn, uh, while he was once a Burman, has developed into a very nice supercoach selection. Uh, Will Gould, likened to Luke Ryan, Scott Thompson, Lockie Henderson, Tom Stewart, by champion data, average 99 in the under-18s championships and 89 in the Sandfall. I think that's why we like him. He has played uh, against bigger bodies. And, you know, if he if he was a bloody Tom Stewart, if he produces what Tom Stewart's produced, uh, you'd be, we're laughing. Um, should be in everyone's team until he is or is not selected in uh, round one. Next on the list, everyone's talking about him. Uh, he's almost taken over the Rowell hype. Like Dylan Stevens, this week, 189k, has just been non-stop, uh, non-stop discussion. Tamo, why is it? Speaking from a personal point of view, I think he could be the better player out of the two of them in the long term, just purely because of his ability to play inside and outside um, and the fact that he's an awesome two-way runner. For Supercoach, though, as rookie-priced players, I think it's going to be a flip of a coin. You can't start both. For me, you can't start both. We might not have a choice, though. (laughs) We might not have a choice. I've been looking through the rookies today. I was uh, helping my partner field her first team. She's very good at selecting primos, much better than me, but bad at knowing which rookies. And I was going through and like, it's pretty slim pickings at this stage this year. I'll tell you. But we thought that last year and then the Marsh series came around and then Grind Myers popped up. and We were helped by uh, a few St. Kilda and Geelong players popping up. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, Stevens. Damo, I'll just read out his stats. Um, under-18 championships, he averaged 89 across four games. Played sample as well, averaged 82. And in the sample reserves, played two games for an average of 172. That's a lot of points. That um, is a lot of points. I still think I'd be backing Raul over him. And I still think, and I've said this a couple of times, that Anderson might be the one that is the better rookie of the three this year. Anyway, we don't have to get into that discussion. Are there any other rookies that Sydney are offering up for us. I've got a smoky here. Chad Warner, 117k mid, averaged 148 in the Waffle Reserves. Waffle Colts, rather. Tackles like there's no tomorrow. Loves to win the ball in contests. He's basically like a mini Rowell. Yeah, nice. Um, that's exciting. 117k. Just a smoky. Uh, Horse Longmire had to tell him to relax a bit because at training clubs have play pressure and actual pressure, I think is what he called it, Mm. and he was using a bit too much actual pressure. Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) That's exciting. We like tackling beasts. Let's move on, Damo, to the team that if you read the news is going to be the Premiership favourites and are going to win the flag, uh, the Western Bulldogs. To be smooth, Jimmy's luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. The Western Bulldogs demo have a lot of clear bloody locks, and they got three big ones in the midfield. The first one, Jack McRae, 
668k mid. We don't even need to talk about him. Um, he will probably be the number one or number two supercoach scorer this year. And I think you'd be silly not to start him. Do you have anything to add about this magnificent beast? If people are talking about Brody Grundy as a set-and-forget captain option, I think Jack McRae fits into that category as well. I agree 100%. We know that they play a lot at Marvel this year. They played a lot at Marvel last year, and he dominated at that stadium. He's coming out of the bye last year. He pumped out a 150, a 140, a 142. He didn't drop below a ton for the rest of the year. He had uh, he had like four or five scores above 150. This kid um, is an absolute jet, and he'll probably drop in price at some stage during the year, slightly, but just start him. Have him in your team. Um, him and him and Grundy are a great combo for the VCC. Um, lock him in. Except for the round one when they play each other. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, other than that, well, VC, definitely VC Grundy, because um, once again, I'll say this until I'm proven wrong, uh, the Bulldogs have no ruck. Yes, Tim English is going to improve, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about their other midfielders, though, Demo. Josh Dunkley, not someone I've got in my side. Um, lost forward status from last year. Traded him last year after two rounds. Fucking fantastic that was. Uh, talk to us. The only worry that I have about this is Beveridge is going to do his favourite party trick, turn his back to the whiteboard, throw the magnets over his shoulders and see what sticks. He's done it surely, a few times. Surely he's learnt by now not to do that. Josh Dunkley's a midfielder. Surely he knows that. Josh Dunkley is a midfielder, but we could see him playing out of the back pocket this year. <laughs> In the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible with Bevo. Uh, and yes, I did just watch Uncut Gems. I think he's a solid selection. Is there any... And finally, we'll talk about this third guy and then I'll pose a question to you that's popped up on Twitter a few times. Marcus Bontepelli, the cheapest of the three Bulldogs mids. He's, uh, as you've pointed out here, the skipper this year. Talk to me about him and then tell me, can you have all three of these guys in your starting lineup? Well, I'll start with the answer to that off the top. I think... Yes, but you shouldn't. Only for the fact that there are better players around the 623k mark. I think yeah, I think two to start with is a good one. And to be honest, it's probably McRae and Dunkley that you want to start with. I don't. I don't. I think you've got to have Dunkley. I don't mind uh, taking the the chance on Bond over over Dunkley uh, I just don't th- I think now they've bought in a couple of extra forwards or they bought in Bruce and they bought in uh, who else did they bring in was Alex Keith? Keith Alex Keith uh, I think that makes it less likely that they have to worry about sending the Bont up forward to kick goals uh, I think Bruce in particular helps with that obviously he's the forward uh, so I, I don't mind the Bont at slightly cheaper than Dunkley to average more than him come season end it's a possibility. It definitely is. I don't think Bontempelli has Dunkley's ceiling, though. Yeah, well, yeah, Josh Dunkley, uh, we know he can go bloody huge. Um, they were fifth and sixth ranked last year, like, in terms of total points. So, you can't, you're like, we're splitting here hairs at this point. It might be 20 points difference come the season end. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either. If you need 10K, I'd be happy going down Dunkley down to Bont. Uh, and the f- the final lock that you've got written down here, Damo, for this football club is the little man, the man who's in my side at D1, Caleb Daniel, 537,000. Uh, I can talk about this one. We've actually spoken about him before on the pod, Damo. We both think like he's going to give you consistent scores. He's not going to dip too low. He's probably not going to shatter the world by scoring super high, but that... Um, that standard deviation is bloody good, and I think he's a solid selection. Yes, All right, Damo, let's talk about some new faces because there's a couple we... Well, we just mentioned a couple. Uh, let's talk about them. We spoke about them before. Uh, Alex Keith, Josh Bruce. They won't be super coach relevant um, by themselves, but hopefully they will ensure that Dunkley and Bontempelli stay in the midfield. 
apologies i've trampled all over your notes i didn't realize you'd said that so so apologies but uh yeah no that's great uh are they the only new faces they had they just bought in the two good on your dogs not making it too hard doing saint kilda was a nightmare Right, Damo, it's time for my favourite section of the podcast. It's time to talk about breakouts. And you've got one you uh, are looking at. Tell me about Bailey Smith. 415k forward. Um, Second year breakouts aren't all that common. I mean, we had Clayton Oliver. We had... Was Tim Taranto a second year breakout? I think he was. Um, As a forward option, I think Bailey Smith could be a breakout in that sense because all he needs to do is average 87 or more to to be a top 10 forward if we're going off last year's numbers. That's an 11-point increase on his 76 average from last year. So I think it's possible. Yeah, I I think it's possible as well. And and I think you've picked the one that's probably the most likely to break out. Um, If he averaged 97... Would you be comfortable jumping on late, or do you think you have to jump on him at 415k to start the year? Because I don't think he's getting cheaper. I don't think he's getting cheaper. Um, but if he averages 87 or more throughout the first few rounds, I think he's one you might have to look at as your first upgrade. Even if you're only planning on him being your, your F6 or F6 loop at the end of the season at the end of the season yeah i th- i i think he's a, a a reasonable person to talk about i think i got another one i want to talk to you about damo patrick lipinski uh who showed that he can score reasonably well last year um he's in heading into his fourth year which traditionally is a a good time to buy. He ended last year with a 99, a 113, and an 89, and that's what everyone's looking at. Um, my question is, with guys like uh, Tom Liberatore and uh, Lockie Hunter and bloody... Who else is coming back into that? We've got Mitch Wallace. Like, Is there actually going to be room for this guy to improve, or is he going to get pushed to the, out, to the outskirts uh, by these returning players? That's the question, isn't it? You you really don't know. Like, who is Tom Liberatore? Where has he been? Um, is he going to be good again? Where does he come from? Where does he go? Can't where I does go? he come? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where it's been a long pod. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I really like Lipinski, but I wouldn't be willing to take a punt with him in classic to start. The only other names I just want to mention, because they're not really breakouts with the players who are probably underpriced for what they'll deliver. Jason Johannesson at 458. I think he's slightly underpriced. I think he's a chance to perform pretty well. Um, And then the other one was Liver, but obviously no one's touching Liver. Anyone else from this side that interests you, Demo? No, I think we should move on to the rookies. Let's do that. All right, Damien, there's a couple rookies piquing your interest. Let's go through them. Cody Waitman, the Bulldogs picked him up with their first selection last draft. Um, He's going to pay as a small forward, so... I mean, you pick him if we need rookies, um, and a warm body is good. Um, But if you have other options that are better, I would go with the better options. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure that, like, <laughs> small forwards never have worked for Supercoach in their first year. Uh, he only averaged 80 at the under-18s and only averaged 89 at the NAB uh, in 2019 NAB League. But And 89 is great for a rookie, but that's not what that's not going to translate, I don't think. Demo, you've also got uh, Ben Kavara. Well, everyone talked about him last preseason and then nothing happened. Are we actually going to see him? Is he going to be one of those perennial players that we just always have in our team preseason and then just never see? Is is he the new Harrison Wig? <laughs> yes. Uh, poor Harrison Wig. Poor, poor Harrison Wig. Uh, it's a good question. I guess we can just only wait and see. Um, 
I had another couple of players I, I wanted to talk about, but one of them's been injured again, Lin Jong, 260k. He's injured again. We don't need to talk about him. Probably wouldn't have talked about him that long anyway. Jordan Sweet. Last year, he was saying he was going to bloody play. Um, it didn't happen. Maybe he does. Maybe we've got a ruck option. And then uh, I was talking to you <laughs> off air about uh, the great Ryan Gardner, but you you told me uh, at 136k scoring 30 points a game, apparently not very good. No, it's not very good. Like you've played this game long enough to, to know that. Yeah, 30 bad, higher than 30 good. Much higher than 30 good. <laughs> well, Damo, the fire's starting to dim. We're starting to get a little chilly in here. So if you want to go in a company patch, help him outside, uh, that'd be lovely. I'll start editing the pod. Um, thank you for joining me. Where can people follow you, Damo? Uh, on Twitter at DamoSC. And you can follow me at LekdogSC. You can follow Jock Reynolds SC or Jock Reynolds. Just search Jock Reynolds on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You'll find us as great content. And on the website, um, shout out to Clark. He's pumping out the articles. The Beast Calculator went up earlier in the week. And we've got... A, oh, I haven't shared this with you yet, Damo, but you should see the beautiful content we've had come through. And uh, just before we go, Patch has written on the window of this log cabin uh, at Patch to the Max. So I think that's where you follow him. Yes, follow <laughs> follow Patch at Patch to the Max. Um, we've got a, a lurker on the website called Entering the Danger Zone article coming out, and there is maths and there is bloody science. Um, Captain Risky is going to be delivering the goods to the website this week. we got shit coming out, Al Wazoo. And then footy, AFL, not AFLW. We've been watching that. They've been enjoying that. Damo, how have you been enjoying the AFLW? I've been enjoying it. I, th- I think it's been all right. Me too. I'm quite fond of the Gold Coast team, and I don't know why. I think it's because they're better than the Gold Coast men's team. Um, it's just interesting to watch. Uh, but yes, uh, and then we've got Marsh Series starting next week. So, community... We'll bloody see you around.